first of all, hallelujah! It is, it's fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Bazarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. 15, 10, Welcome back to another episode of Sundays for the Birds, the only show that makes every day feel like NFC Championship Sunday. I am the mayor of John Street, joined by my two co-hosts, one under the weather, coming off the bench, a little banged up, but we play injured around here, Jake Long, and of course, Kyle, not so sharp. Kyle, how you doing, brother? Good, good. You know, we got some playoff football, some championship football to talk about. I'm excited to dive into it with you guys. Absolutely. Championship weekend should be a good one. Jake, how you doing, man? I know you're a little banged up here, but as I said, we play injured here Sundays for the birds. Yeah, much better than yesterday. I got about 17 hours of sleep in the last 24 hours, so feeling a lot better. Hoping to feel 100% Sunday, like my boy uh, Avante Maddox. He'll be out there, so ready to go. Ready to talk some Eagles football. Absolutely, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned Avante Maddox, who was a full participant in uh, in practice today. Um, so was Lane Johnson. That that's going to be huge. Also, um, obviously, still fighting through that abductor tear, um, but you know what? He was a force to be reckoned with last week, and I think it'll be the same this week. But we do have a divisional round game to talk about. And I think it's high time we get into that. Of course, the Eagles blew out the New York football giants 38 to 7. Five years to the day of the Minnesota massacre. Same score, same date. Five years later, Eagles win 38 to 7 in the divisional round over the New York Giants. Um, just initial thoughts. We'll go around the horn here. Kyle, what's your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, look, the Eagles took care of business like they should have. You know, everybody's talking, and I don't want to say everybody, but some people were talking up the Giants. Oh, Daniel Dimes is disres- Daniel Jones, excuse me. I always call him Danny, Danny Dimes. Nichols. Yeah, yeah. He's disrespected. You know, he's playing great football, blah, blah, blah. We saw him for what he really was versus a decent defense. He looked atrocious. Abroad? Yeah, the Giants looked atrocious. The, the Eagles took care of business. They're the far better team, and they looked like it last Saturday. 100%, 100%. Uh, Jake, before I throw it over to you, Steve says, you're soft. If you take your Flintstones vitamins like you should, you wouldn't have to worry about a stuffy nose. <laughs> yeah, this guy, this is the guy who fell asleep on my shitter when he passed out drunk. 
slept there for about two hours. So talk about Damn. Damn, throwing you right under the bus, dog. And he's a Michigan fan, so. You guys are getting it different out in Oxford. I, I got to get out oh, there yeah. for a game with you boys. Yeah, we get wild. Uh, but, yeah, I'll throw it over to you. What's the, uh, what's the initial thoughts on the game? Uh, for the Eagles-Giants, just like Kyle said, it's uh, just pure domination. We came out and showed them who was a better team. Um Threw the ball early and then ran the ball down their throat because the Giants had to adjust to us throwing the ball. And I mean, Gainwell is the leading rusher in the NFL playoffs right now. So it goes to show you how much we dominated. I mean, we just completely destroyed them. Defensive line destroyed them. Another five sack game for for those guys. Um, Sweaty with a second and a half and Reddick with a second and a half. Bradbury, a nice interception. I mean, it's just all around domination. It was a nice game to just. Rip shots with your buddies too, and uh, enjoy the win. Moving on to the conference championship game. Absolutely, uh, you know Kenny G really looking like an NFL running back in that game. Uh, yeah. It's not to say that the that the Giants have a piss poor defensive line. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is uh, is certainly a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, anybody running behind this Eagles offensive line is going to have an inherent advantage. Uh, but no, Kenny G looked great. Um, you mentioned he's leading rusher in the NFL playoffs right now. Um, Bradbury, I'm sure he's glad to have that pick against the team that gave up on him beginning of the season, um, whether it's for cap reasons or whatever the hell else. I'm, I know that one felt great. Um, but, yeah, just an overall solid win. I mean, we took care of business from beginning to end. Um, it was really looking like a shutout for a while there. Um, one garbage time touchdown there in the third quarter, um, which really, I mean, shouldn't have even happened if it weren't for that one long run by um, – by the Giants there, I, I I don't I think it would have been a shutout, hundred percent. Um, which is funny because like I mentioned last week, I I work with a Giants fan, right? And I uh, I got him as soon as I walked in. Now he's he's the kind of guy that um, I don't want to put it, he he can dish it out with a ladle, but he can only take it with a baby spoon. If that makes sense. So he gives everybody else shit all the time, right? I walked in, I said, "Hey, Mike." At least it wasn't a shutout, huh? <laughs> and I did this stupid fucking cackle laugh that he does when he tries to fucking. Yeah, fuck Mike. I've been riding high all week since, and uh, now we're counting down to the 49ers here. Um, before we dive into the Niners game, though, you guys want to do Dog of the Week? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right, Dog of the Week brought to you by two of the best craft breweries in the Delaware Valley. That, of course, is Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company right here in Bucks County. That's Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company, 909 Ray Avenue in Croydon. Check out Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company and pick up a six-pack anywhere fine beverages are sold. Also, shout out to Sterling Pig Brewing Company, the pride of Delco. Some of the best craft beers you can get out that way. Check out their tap room out in the media. Uh, once again, that's Sterling Pig Brewing Company. Let them know Sundays for the birds and Old City Sports sent you. <coughs> All right, boys, dog of the week. Uh, there's a couple different directions we can go here. Um, 
you know, in a blowout like this, you kind of you can kind of throw game balls to everybody if you want to. But um, let's go around the horn here. We'll uh, we'll get everybody's recommendation here. Jake, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey. I mean, he was literally throwing guys, grown men around with one arm and slamming them to the ground like he was Kane or the Undertaker choke slamming these motherfuckers. And then when you have Kenny G rip up 114 yards, Miles Sanders had like 93 yards, and he just ran right down their throat. And Kelsey's always a huge part of that because how much he pulls and how much he sets up everything for those running backs. So I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey. I like it. I like it. Um I have an offensive lineman as well, but uh, we'll get to my pick in a little bit. Kyle, we'll throw it over to you. Who do you got for dog of the week? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick, another multi-sack effort. Um, I know there's some Eagles fans, you know, and maybe some other fans too out there saying that he deserves defensive player of the year consideration. Uh, Sean, I know you're one of those guys. Um, and I, I think a lot of the Eagles sacks this year as a whole can be credited to him. I mean, he's, that good that he brings the attention off other guys. He's never going to get the recognition that a, you know, uh, a TJ Watt or uh, Jared, uh, not no Nick Bosa, excuse me. He's not going to get some of the recognition they get because those guys were highly talented picks. Their careers didn't start off slowly like Reddick's, but I, I really think a lot of the, you know, success on the line this year, you know, Fletcher Cox had a resurgence. Um, BG had double digit sacks for Simon's career. Sweat had 11, like, I think a lot of that could be contributed to Hassan Reddick and the presence he's had on the line. And he still had another multi-sack ex, uh, multi-sack game. I think that makes 18 for him on the year, including the postseason. I might be wrong on that number, but he, he just he's played great all year. So I, I'd have to go dog with the game for him. But like you said, there's a lot of guys you could pick in a blowout game like this. Absolutely. Um, both great picks. And uh, as I teased earlier, I, I do have another offensive lineman for you for dog of the week. Um, my nomination goes to Lane Johnson playing through injury. Um, absolutely gritting it out there. Um, true definition of a dog. He's yep. displaying that dog mentality that Nick Sirianni talks about week in and week out. And the fact that the giants were trying to put him in a position where he would be in pain. Right. So as an offensive lineman or, or as an athlete in general, a majority of your power comes from your core obviously he has a he has a core issue he has a uh, a tear to a muscle in his core and they were lining dexter lawrence up right over top of him to bull rush him on a majority of the snaps and he held strong um you know even with that core injury he was still able to produce another sackless game um but jake i, I gotta admit i mean your your pick with jason kelsey's hard to argue out there throwing around grown men um no sacks allowed, no no QB pressures allowed. Um, so I, I'm good either way, um, but I think it's definitely got to go to either Lane Johnson or uh, Jason Kelsey here uh, if you guys want to throw your votes out. And we can um, just go O-line unit. To yeah, yeah, we can do that. I, I, I could go with either guys. I think they're both solid picks. All right, let's just give it – all right, we'll give dog of the week to the entire offensive line, Jeff Stoutland included. Stoutland University. Yes, sir. All right. Stoutland University, dog of the week. All right. It's time we get into the real meat and potatoes of this. Eagles, 49ers, right here in South Philly, 3 o'clock on Sunday for all the NFC marbles, NFC championship game. 
coming to you in South Philadelphia. Uh, I guess we'll give our initial thoughts on the game here. Um, throw it around. One thing you feel good about, one thing you're feeling not so great about. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. So first off, uh, expect this game to be a hell of a lot tighter than the Giants game. We ain't, we ain't getting the blowout this week. Um, as far as an area that I think they have a disadvantage, I think it's going to be coaching. Uh, Shanahan, I think, has a philosophy that is hand-built or very built built very well for postseason. D'Amico Ryan is a fantastic coordinator. I think Gannon sucks. So I, I think that's an area that um, they have a disadvantage, and I think that may be uh, a deciding factor in the game. Uh, for an area that I think the Eagles have an advantage – I would have to say I think that's going to be quarterback. For as well as Purdy's played all year, for as good as I actually believe he is going to play in this game, he's not going to outplay Jalen Hurts. And if Jalen Hurts outplays Purdy by a wide margin, that might be the deciding factor in the game for the Eagles. All right. I like it. Jake, what do you got? One positive, one negative. Interesting thoughts on the game. One positive, um, I think, is definitely the quarterback, but um, I'll go a different way. I'm going to say our secondary is much better than their secondary. They can take the ball away, too, but if you've seen them against Metcalf and other good receivers, that deep ball was there yeah. all the time. Metcalf torched them. Devontae Adams with a backup quarterback torched them. I know these are two great receivers. Well, guess what? We have two great receivers and a speed guy who never touches the ball, so – Maybe take a deep shot early, get get that top blown off, and then you start getting room for for your running game. And Hertz is going to have to run early as well to slow down Bosa and Warner. I, but I, Bosa gets all the credit, but I think Fred Warner is the best player on that defense Ooh. by far. Okay, I like that. The guy is just ridiculous. I mean, you've seen the speed last week against the Cowboys. How fast he is at covering tight ends he can almost keep up with wide receivers he, he can track down running back so we can get them on their heels with hurts keeping the ball a few times i think we can start picking them apart the negative is is that they have fred warner and a good run defense so the, i think they only give up three and a half yards of carry which is really low and then on the other side of the ball they're one of the top rush offenses in the league and our weakness on defense is stopping the run. So my biggest question mark is, are they going to come out and do what Washington did to us, do what the Saints did to us, and just run it down our throat and eat the clock and keep our high-powered offense off the field and out of sync, and then it really screws us. That's why I say the key to the game starts that very first kickoff. We need the ball. We win the toss, we better take the fucking ball. We lose the toss, I hope to God they defer and we, we get the ball to start the game. Because the worst thing to happen in this game would be for the 49ers to get the ball, do a fucking 10-minute drive, suck all the life out of that building, suck all the life out of the Eagles' sideline, go down, score a touchdown, 7 nothing. you have five minutes left in the first quarter. Your offense has been sitting there doing nothing. I'd rather see that offense, our offense come out Boom, boom, boom. Five, ten play drive. Go up seven, nothing. Get that defense going. Get that place rocking and just come out and just start fucking killing people on defense. All right.
So um, my concern is very similar to yours, Jake. Um, the 49ers have one of the best run offenses in the league. Um, Kyle Shanahan is an absolute guru when it comes to, um, you know, creating opportunities in the run game. Um, you know, uses a lot of motion and stuff like that to, to get your eyes looking elsewhere, and then he'll hit you right up the middle for five, six yards. They do a great job of staying on schedule and staying ahead of the chains. Um, so I, I think to me, a, a key is going to be, um, like you mentioned, to, to score early, right? Um, score early and score often and take the ball out of their running back's hands and put it into Brock Birdie's hands. He's a young and experienced quarterback. While he has been playing well this year, um, you know, I, I, I just – I don't trust him to win him in a big spot like this. Um, and I'd much rather make Brock Purdy and their wide receiver core beat me deep um, than let them, you know, run the ball, take the air out of the ball and, and just run it down our throats and eat that clock up. Um, where I feel confident, I feel confident on the lines, baby. We got a very good defensive line. I think we can get after Purdy early, rattle his uh, rattle his cage a little bit. I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be seeing ghosts out there. Shout out Sam Darnold and the offensive line. It's it's one of the best in the league. And you know, while you mentioned that they do a great job at stopping the run um, over there in San Francisco, um, if there was if there's any part of their defense that scares me, it's the linebackers more so than their defensive line. Our defensive line is strong on the edges, weak in the middle, um, and, and that's really made up for with their strong linebacker play. But if there's any offensive line in the league that I trust to get to that second level and, and get out to the linebackers, it's our line. I mean, you see it week in and week out, Jason Kelsey getting out to the second level, running linebackers over, and then going out to get the safety. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just I'm very confident in the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so p- piggybacking off kind of what you said, you know, talking about the weakness of the middle of the defense of their line, uh, Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, two fantastic players who have been out a lot this year. You know, they're back healthy. They're playing. Um, and just comparing the defensive lines in general, I know the Eagles had a fantastic year with sack totals is I'm hearing a lot of, uh, you know, how, how much better the Eagles defensive line is than the Niners. It, but by the sack totals, it is. I think their line is better. They're also aging. But it, it's not as wide as a gap as I think people think. You know, they, they have a lot of good players in that defensive line. Um, and like I said, they've missed time this year. I, I saw this thing on Twitter. Dude, t- Twitter is going to be death man. I spent so much time scrolling on Twitter, reading support shit now. It's crazy. But I, I saw this thing earlier where it just compared, like, the Eagles' top sack leaders and the Niners' top sack leaders. And it was, like, a big difference. And the guy's, like, enough said. And it's, like... Like I said, the guys were out, guys were injured, and, you know, sacks aren't the death-all be-all of being a good defensive line. You know, they, they struggled to stop the run at one point this year enough to where they signed the Dominic Sue and Linval Joseph off the street. So it's not to say they're not a good defensive line, but it's not it's not like there's not some weaknesses there, if you make if that makes sense. No, there's certainly weaknesses there, and I am a little bit concerned in the middle there, um, especially when you take into account that, um, you know, our first round draft pick from this year hasn't really played all that much. I think the most he's played this year might be like 20 snaps in a game. He's a uh, fifth string guy and behind two people that they signed off the streets. Right. Two guys that are in the twilight years of their career. Major um, disappointment. 
Especially when Kyle Hamilton's out there being the best safety in the league. I said that on draft night. Major problem there. But I'd rather have Gardner Johnson, so. Absolutely. And I, and I love and to that point, I, I love the I love the versatility of CJ and his ability to, to jump in there at the slot in a year like this when Maddox has been banged up and you know on and off the injury sheet all year. It it certainly helps having a guy like that and, and the emergence of Reed Blankenship is a guy that can hold it down at the safety position when need be. I mean, overall I, I just I feel good about our depth going into this game, going into the into the home stretch of the playoffs here. I just, we're deep. Yeah, we're also relatively healthy. I, I think if Maddox plays all 22 starters from week one, we'll be playing on Sunday. Both teams are actually relatively healthy, which is yeah. kind of unheard of. I, I don't want to spoil you know, my picks for the game before we get into it, but I'm just going to be honest. To be honest with you guys, I told you before, I'm going to be honest with the viewers. I do think the Niners win this game. Um, and I think it's going to come down to a couple things, right? I, I talked about coaching earlier. You know, Sean, you referenced making getting to Brock Purdy, making them see ghosts. I mean, I don't think Brock Purdy is a good NFL quarterback or great or whatever. Like, I just – there's something about his demeanor where it's like everybody's like, oh, seventh-round rookie, eventually he's got to crash. Dude, there's something about his demeanor, man, where I just – I believe he is just so cold-blooded, dude. Like I just I've never like I just I watched the interview post game last week where it was him and Kittle and he just he just looked like a stone blood killer man. I just he I, looks I, like a child who he looks like he looks like a child. But he, his, everything. his demeanor is just so calm and collective, and I just question if there's going to be a lot of areas where the Eagles can get to him. I think they're going to pound the hell out of the ball, you know, keep the you know three step drops, get the ball in Debo's hands, and if he plays mistake free or if he doesn't cost them the game where all he has to do is literally manage the game and not cost them the game, that could be a major fucking problem for the Eagles. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, that kind of pressure changes everything. Earlier. He was 2 of 10 last week against the Cowboys under pressure. Yeah, yeah. I, I Again, pressure always changes everything, especially for a young quarterback. I just question how many opportunities there will be for that. Well, And that's yeah. where it comes down to what I mentioned earlier about scoring early and often and making yeah. them play from behind. Absolutely, the opportunity to run the ball. Um, you know, then and we saw last week their their offensive line struggles with pass blocking. Yeah, it's a good line when they're run blocking. Uh, outside of Trent, block, excuse me. Outside of Trent Williams, they have they have some holes on that line. Yeah, Trent Williams is an absolute stud, but Reddick plays all over the place. I mean, they have him fucking stunting through the middle, running centers over, running through guards, rushing outside. I mean, he's just like a jack linebacker. They just move him all over the place. You never know where he's going to be. Yeah. So I, I think we get pressure on him, and that's ultimately going to be what decides the game. I mean, the past two games, if you watch Purdy, I think there was a stat out there that there were on the first game against Seahawks, there was nine plays where there was a potential turnover that he could have had. Just the other defenses haven't made plays. Look at um, what the hell's his name? Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, but no, it's, it's not like he threw it right to him. It was tipped. Like so, I know it's still a turnover-worthy play. But yeah. back to what I'm saying about Brock Purdy, it's not like he was just throwing the ball right to the guy. It was tipped, and then it 
And, yeah, but he's had a few of those the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. And and Sean, back to what you said is, you know, they score early and often. I, I couldn't agree with you more than that. If the Eagles set the precedent for the game early, it's their game. I, I don't, I don't think by hands. absolutely, I don't think by any means, Purdy or the Niners are going to come back and you know come down from seventeen or anything like that. I, I think the precedent for the game will be set early. If it's a tight, low-scoring game, or if it's back and forth. I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm gonna pick the Niners. If the Eagles come out and they establish the lead early, it's their game. I, that that's I don't trust Purdy to come back, but I think again that's part of where I think coaching is gonna be a key factor, and I think Sirianni might get out coached by Shanahan. So there's there's two ways that this Niners offense can beat you, um, and simultaneously there's two ways that you can stop them. Um, they're gonna beat you running the ball, or they're gonna beat you with play action. Yeah. Play actions where they get a majority of their chunk plays after they establish the run. I think best course of action for this defense is to sell out against the run early. Yep. As I've been claiming, as I've been calling for all season, trust your elite cornerbacks and safeties in one on one press man coverage, crowd the line of scrimmage, stop the run. And if they do pass it, Trust your guys. Trust their ability to win one-on-one. And then they don't have the ability to set up the play action because the run game wasn't effective early. This offense isn't designed to win in drop-back situations. And that's why we need to force them into those drop-back situations. And that's when your defensive line and Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat can pin their ears back and go kill this kid. Dude, I 100%, I 100% hear what you're saying. And as a guy who's been saying all year, dude, they got to switch up the schemes, play more man-to-man. I'm actually against them doing that this week. Yeah, too I, much speed. Brad Bear, or not Brad Bear, excuse me. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, all those guys are yak monsters, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's that's like kind of a piggyback off what you said with the play action. That's what they're best at is they, they create play action. They create single coverage opportunities. And they'll beat you single coverage, man on man. You just, time you just and time can't again. play that soft zone though, because then yeah, yeah, it's got to be a good that. mixture. Because these guys are hard to bring down. That was one of my keys: is that I don't want to see any time one person making a tackle. As soon as someone's like got wrapped up, there needs to be three, four, five other green jerseys coming in there, ready to fucking smack him. Make sure he's down because these guys are some tough fucking runners. CMC. Um, their other running back, Debo, is probably one of the hardest motherfuckers in the league to bring down. George Kittle is just a tank. Nayuk's just fast. So, I mean, you've seen Blankenship get run over by that backup quarterback into Giants. Imagine if he's going <laughs> along with Debo. My thing is just fall down, grab a leg, and have your teammates come fucking clean it up. I'm with you. Um, but that's, that's why I'm saying to kind of play that, play that press man-to-man coverage early when they're – attempting to run the ball because you know they're that's what they want to do they want to come out and run the ball it's no secret that's what they do best yeah and uh, you gotta, if you, you don't allow tackles, them to succeed running not the ball, they won't get a chance to establish that play action and then you can play a little bit looser you can play a little bit more of that zone coverage that um that gannon loves to run 
Another worry is that TJ Edwards is on the injury report and was limited in practice with an ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, he'll play, I think. Yeah, he'll play, but will he lose a step with a bad ankle? I mean, I'm sure he'll be shot up and won't feel it for a while, but if that thing starts swelling up on him in the second half, it could slow him down. Well, hopefully in the second half we don't have anything to worry about, but exactly. I don't think that's going to be the case. No. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough game, guys. It really is, but – um, I mean, that's what you have to expect. Team to pull it out. It's the four best teams in the NFL playing this weekend. Yeah. You got to expect to be in a, in a close game. Can't expect to blow out. That's why people saying, oh, we're going to kill the Eagles. People saying, oh, we're going to kill the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't know how, how you see that when these have been the four best teams in football all year long. That's kind of crazy. And think about it. In this game, there's there's three guys that have all interviewed for the same head coaching position. It came out today. D'Amico is the favorite. Wait, who else interviewed for it? D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan, Ryan's, Gannon. Gannon. And Gannon. Yeah. Oh, and Shane Steigen. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, but it came out today that um, D'Amico is the favorite. He has a meeting with him. Oh, he's going to be such a good head coach. Yep. He's going to be such a good head coach. He could just see it. I, I agree. I know I loved him as an Eagles linebacker. I did too. And he started his career in Houston, so – yeah. Makes sense. Only fitting that he ends his career in hmm. Houston, I guess. But enough about some scrubs. Um, let's uh, jump into final scores. Absolutely. Final score predictions brought to you by our friends at Row One. Make sure you use our promo code OCSN15 for 15% off all artwork site-wide. That's Row One for the best sports artwork money can buy. Promo code OCSN15, 15 percent off final score predictions nfc championship i guess we'll let uh old doom and gloom kyle start it off here i i I didn't i didn't want to be this guy i really didn't but i'm trying to be the objective you know non-eagles fan on the podcast and and tell you guys how i really think it's going to play out the niners are the best team the eagles have played all year You, you know i know we don't hear it but the eagles had a little bit of a cakewalk schedule Niners played a couple more tough opponents. I know you can't control who you play. I know you can't control well, who have they played. So that's tough. The three playoff teams that the Niners or yeah, the Niners played were Seattle twice, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers who were under five hundred shouldn't have been playoffs, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins. Oh, uh, and and the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah, and they got completely destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would say the Chiefs are better. I would say the Bucks. There's no difference between them and the Giants or the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's definitely the Niners with a better schedule. I mean, I, I think for sure. But back to what I was saying, the I, I think they're more battle tested. They've gone through more adversity. I think um, three quarterbacks starting this year. And I, I think that's going to be the ending factor in the game. I think I got the Niners at 19 to 17 in a low-scoring affair. Um, I don't know if we're doing dog of the week now or are we doing that later. Oh, uh, we can do it later. Okay, so I'll hold. Uh, I'll say if the Eagles do win, I do have a guy for dog of the week. I think makes a big pick. But I got 19 17 Niners, and like I said, I do truly hope I'm wrong. All right, glad we got that out of the way, Jake. <laughs> final. <score laughs> Uh, I definitely agree with Kyle. It's going to be a close one, uh, more low scoring. I think the birds, I said it earlier this week to my buddy, 
and I know I'm getting more anxious now and nervous, so my mind's starting to drift to like, oh, man, we might lose. But anyone could lose. So I'm going to stick with my initial prediction earlier in the week. I said 23 to 17 Eagles. My thought was we're up 20 to 17. Elliott hits a big field goal to go up six with about a minute to go, and the defense gets to Purdy a couple times and shuts them down in that final minute, and the Eagles hang on to win by six. So 23-17 would be my final. All right. So, Kyle, you mentioned that this 49ers team is a little bit more battle-tested. And Mm -hmm. while I can agree that they've played a couple of more difficult opponents and, yeah, they've gone through three quarterbacks and all that, um, I'm not as much worried about the team being battle-tested as I am their coach being battle-tested. This is a guy that's been in the NFC Championship game a lot recently. I believe this is his fourth appearance in five years. Mm-hmm. The last four, three, the last five or something. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan scares me as a coach. I'm, I'm okay. not going to lie. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, put my green goggles on and tell you that I think this is going to be a 50-point blowout because it's not. It's going to be a hard-fought game. But if there's any team that I trust to pull out a tough – win against a team that is the only team in the NFC that can even remotely hold a candle to this Philadelphia Eagles team. I think I we're agree all with in that. agreement here. Yeah, I agree with that. that Absolutely. The pride of the NFC. This is the two teams that should be playing in the NFC championship game. But by far the two best teams. I, I would hundred percent agree with that. Yep. But only one of them has been called the best team all season. Only one of them has been called the best team in the league by some smart people. Um, Obviously, there's a couple of dummies out there that kept telling you, no, no, they're not the best. They're not the best. Well, you know what? Their record tells me they're the best. They've won all year long. And I see no reason why they won't continue to win. They've won some sloppy games before. They've won some close games this year. And regardless of who they were against, this team is battle-tested. This team is ready to win. This is our year. Your Philadelphia Eagles will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles, 28. San Francisco, 24. Close one. Close one. Eagles cover. Got four touchdowns in that game. No field goals. Four touchdowns, no field goals. Okay. Man. I trust our offense. That'll be huge. Straight up. We can score touchdowns over field goals. That's probably going to be what decides the game, whoever can score in the red zone and not get held. Because both defenses are pretty solid down there. So Our offense is just a bit better in the red zone than theirs. Yep. I, I, yeah. think it, I think it, it ultimately is going to come down to us having better red zone targets. You know, they got a lot of guys that are great, you know, as you mentioned, yards after catch. Not too many guys that are that are great at the at the contested catch, other than George Kittle. You know they don't they don't have an AJ Brown type. They don't have a Devontae Smith type. They're the guy that's just going to go up and get the ball. And they don't have a threat at quarterback that can run your linebacker over to go in for a touchdown after he fakes the handoff. Absolutely, I, so I that's, just, that's I just, just another guy you have to watch. Hundred percent, and and if Jalen Hurts can run the ball early and. Keep their linebackers honest. Yep. You know, if he if he's taking one of their elite linebackers out of play uh, as a spy, 
that opens up the middle of the field um, for A.J. Brown to take a slant 40 yards to the house. I agree. Yep. Um, all right, let's put a bow on this thing. Um, let's throw it over. We'll uh, we'll do our prediction for dog of the week next week. Uh, we'll th- we'll go around the horn here. Uh, Kyle, you uh, you were chomping at the bit last segment. Let's see who you got. Yeah, I, I do think if the Eagles win, I, I think you know in a close game, I think it's going to be a turnover force by the defense, and I don't think it's going to come through the air via pick. I think it's going to be to come versus the D line on a strip sack and a guy that it might be his last year in an Eagles uniform. How fitting would it be five years ago, Brandon Graham strip sack? How fitting would it be if he had a strip sack around the edge and sent him to the Super Bowl? So I think if the Eagles win, I think it's going to be on someone on the defensive line, but my guy's going to be Brandon Graham pick for dog of the week. And he's going to be huge stopping that run too. He's probably the best yep. run stopping defense ends in the league. All right, Kyle, I got to call you out. Call me out. I love your pick. But you can't pick the Niners to win this game and then try to pander to the audience by picking a fan favorite in Brandon Graham. You want me to pick a Niners guy? I'll do it. I'll pick Brock Purdy right here. Do you want me to pick Brock Purdy? Jake, you're up. Oh, you didn't want to hear it. You already said it. All right, all right. I'm going to go with Sean's boy, has been all year. I haven't nominated him much for Dog of the Week, but I think Jalen Hurts and his legs are going to carry us, get, pick up some big third downs throughout the game, especially late, and then just make some perfect throws when he has to make them. He won't have the sexiest numbers, but I think his will to win is going to be the reason this offense goes this week, and I think he's going to be the Dog of the Week because he's going to have to be against this defense. So, as I mentioned before, I've been on the J train since Tuscaloosa, and I ain't getting off in Philly. I'm riding with this man until he retires. And until he, he retires. Let off the Eagle. Wow. Um, I think he cements this week why he is a finalist for the MVP this year. Absolutely. However, he is not my pick for Dog of the Week next week. This week. Instead, I'm going with my new favorite wide receiver, A.J. Brown. You know, it, it came out that he wasn't happy with the amount of targets last week. Um, I, I just I think he's due for a big game. You, you've seen it. You've seen it all year long, really, with this offense. Every time one of our receivers has a down game, they bounce back. And it's usually a multi-touchdown affair. I got A.J. Brown going for two touchdowns. 120 two. touchdowns. Ooh. That's a that's a we, we need a bold prediction segment. Yeah. Two tutties in a championship game. That was huge. One deep ball, one contested red zone catch. Okay. Let's get her done. Absolutely. All right, you guys ready for final thoughts? Yes, sir. All right. Kyle, final thoughts. What do you got? So I, I want to go back to the quarterback uh, comparison between the two guys playing in here. And I just want to clarify my stance on something. Is I, I think it's really clear, at least to me, that Jalen Hurts will outplay Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy, in my opinion, doesn't have to outplay Jalen Hurts to win this game. 
He just has to play decent enough to put his team in a position. That's, you know, piggybacking off what Sean says, you have that much respect for Kyle Shannon as a coach. He's a terrible um, with personnel and everything, but he's a fantastic coach. He, you know, he, he's fantastic at that. And I don't think Purdy's going to play great. I don't want it to make it seem like I think Purdy's an all-star or anything like that. I just really do believe in his demeanor and his his build or whatever people call it. And I, I think that's going to be the difference. It's not him tearing it up, but him just doing enough, him just gritting through it. So and I, I do think, without a doubt, Hurts is going to outplay him. And again, Hurts is absolutely a finalist for the MVP. If he didn't miss a couple of games, he missed a couple games, so he he ruled himself out with that injury. But if he didn't miss a couple games, he absolutely gets my vote. But I just wanted to clarify my stance on that on that quarterback thing. I didn't want people to think I'm like a Brock Purdy Brock Purdy truther or anything like that. All right. Well, the only thing I'll say about Brock Purdy is he doesn't know what he doesn't know. His first year in the league. That's fair enough. So. Is it his demeanor or is it just being naive and thinking, hey, I'm here. I'm playing with house money. Um, before I dive into final thoughts, I want to throw it over to you, Jake. My final thought is um, if you're a season ticket holder or if you got on Ticketmaster Tuesday morning at 9.50 a.m. and you bought tickets or had tickets just to sell for double the price, you are a complete <laughs> asshole. And secondly, if those tickets that you sold ended up in a 49ers fan's hand, you're a porn star's asshole and you can get fucked. Okay? Because that shit just pisses me off. You have diehard Eagles fans out here that would pay decent money to go to these games, but not fucking $800 a ticket. It's just absurd, and it just pisses me off. So screw you guys, but go birds. All right. As usual, it's up to me to pump up the fan base. <laughs> Some say I am the electricity of the podcast. I am some. All right. Philadelphia. The road to Arizona runs through Philadelphia. Three o'clock on Sunday. We got some Californians coming in here. We got the West Coast coming to the Northeast. They know nothing about Northeast weather. They know nothing about this Philadelphia Eagles team. They know nothing about our fan base. How passionate we are. How rabid we are. And how much we want to win. This game is going to come down to one thing. Home field advantage. And the best fans in the NFL. If you're going to this game on Sunday, you need to scream your head off. You need to force them into a silent count. You need to force them to think twice about ever coming back to Philadelphia. I can't thank you guys enough for this season. Everybody that's watched and listened. All our awesome sponsors that have put us through this year, that have brought us to this moment where the NFC Championship game is in our town, in our stadium, and where we have the chance to punch our ticket 
to Arizona to the Super Bowl to win a trophy that 10 years ago, I never thought we'd ever have a chance to win in my lifetime. And now we have a chance to win two in five years. This team means everything to me. I live and die with my Philadelphia Eagles. And I know all of you do too. So win or lose, it's been a hell of a season. And I can't wait to talk to you all next Thursday. Go Birds, baby! B-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A-T-A